is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Godliness is a duty of every single one of us that are sitting in this room today and every one of you listening to me by radio today. If you call yourself a child of God, a Christian, then godliness ought to be an attribute in your life. neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren... Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. And we want to continue with what we started last week. Growing in grace and knowledge. Let's go to the Lord and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I dare not embark upon this message today without asking for the anointing of Your Spirit. Lord, to rest upon me. Lord, help me to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, help me to say that which will be edifying to the body. Help me, Lord, to say that which is needed at this time. Lord, I ask that you will open up the hearts and minds of your people. Anoint them, Lord, to hear and to receive of your word. Lord, that we all might be drawn closer to you today. And we'll ask it all in the precious holy name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. And Amen. I believe exactly what this book says. And in this of which I've just read to you, Peter said that God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and 
godliness. There is also exceeding great and precious promises that are found in this book. You can have some of those promises now, but some of those promises will not be received until you go through that gate of pearl one day and walk on streets of gold. But folks, there are things that we need now, in this life now, in order to live for God and to do what God wants us to do. And he said here in this of which I've just read to you today, if these things abide in you and abound, they continue to increase, then you will not fall. He also told us in this today that if you're barren, and we're living in a time when the church has never been more barren than it is right now. Some of you listening to me right now, you had not seen people saved in your church in years. And I'm not talking about people getting up, coming, and, and shaking the preacher's hand. But I'm talking about genuine salvation experience where the Spirit of God gets a hold of a person's heart and there are tears streaming down their cheeks. And they come to the altar and they pray through and they get up a new person. And the Holy Spirit has come into their hearts and lives and they are changed. They're not the same person they used to be. But the church is lacking in that today. Barrenness. Peter said, if these things abide in you, and they abound, they continue to increase. And that is the answer for barrenness. It is the answer for unfruitfulness. And everything that we need is found in this Bible. I say that today because... The leaders of this denomination are leaving this Bible that I hold in my hands. It grieves me inside when we have a preacher's conference and we sit up there for three days. They sit there and they talk about the brain and psychology and counseling and all that. Let me tell you something, there's only one counselor. And if you'll get with him, the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll solve a lot of the problems that you're having. And your biggest problem is sin. And the leaders of this denomination need to repent for the direction that they're going. And it's not just us. There are other denominations that are out there doing the same thing. But everything we need for life and living is found in this Bible. The story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the story of the cross. The first three chapters deal with creation and how God created man and how man fell. From Genesis chapter 4 on out to the book of Revelation, it's the story of the cross. Even the book of Revelation, which much of it is prophetic, all of those events which will take place in the not-too-distant future is all predicated upon what Jesus did for us at Calvary's cross. Every promise... Every blessing, everything that we receive from God has all been made possible by what Jesus did for us at Calvary's cross. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the foundation of the church. But we're leaving that foundation today. Your faith must be anchored in the finished work of Christ. And that exclusively 
It's not Jesus Christ and something else over here. It has to be in His finished work alone. And that faith has to be maintained on a daily basis. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow me. So it's a daily thing. Your faith being anchored in the finished work of Christ. And then Peter said, add to your faith virtue. Virtue. Virtue simply means power. You've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the church needs the baptism in the Holy Ghost with fire. And we need to seek God on a daily basis for that power in our lives. And some of you say, well, Brother James, I thought I got it all when I got saved. Brother, you can't handle it all. If God gave it to you all when you got saved, you'd have woke up in glory when you got up. Because, brother, you can't handle it all. If God gave you everything he had, he'd have to kill you first. Some of you are looking at me this morning. You say, well, Brother James, what's the difference between receiving the divine nature at salvation and the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire? What's, what's the difference? I'm going to tell you the difference. At salvation, you get the Spirit. The Spirit comes inside of you and binds up that old sin nature. He changes you down on the inside. Baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire is when the Spirit gets you. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. At salvation, you get the Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire, the Spirit gets you. And I can't explain it, but something happens to you down on the inside, and all you want to talk about is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus when you get up in the morning. It's Jesus at noontime. It's Jesus when the sun goes down. You just can't get enough of talking about Jesus. Everybody you see on the job, you tell them about Jesus Christ. You talk about Him all the time. People get all excited and they're talking about the football game and who's winning. I don't even know who's playing. People get all excited over politics. Vote for this one, vote for that one. Well, Brother James, don't you think that's something to talk about? Yeah. But Donald Trump ain't going to solve the problems that are in this nation. The only thing that's going to solve this problem is for you as a child of God to lay on your face before God and repent and ask God to move in this nation. Only God can solve the problems that we're facing. Not Donald Trump. We need to pray for our president. But just as you maintain your faith... In the finished work of Christ on a daily basis, you need to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. We got to have it. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened 
unto you. He said, how many of you have got a son? And that son asked for a piece of bread. Will you give him a stone? You're going to give your son what he asked for. And he went on to finish that. Verse 13, he said, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. And we've got to have it today. The Lord woke me up this morning at 3 o'clock. The Lord dealt with me from 3 o'clock to 4.30 this morning before I finally ever got back off to sleep. And here's what he told me to tell you. Baptist, free will Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterians, listen to me. You need to start seeking the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire in your churches. Pentecostals, Assemblies of God, Church of God, Foursquare, Charismatics. You need to repent and go back to the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire in your churches. It's our power. Do you realize that the early church, when the power of the Holy Ghost came upon them that day, they touched the world of that day, and they did it without radio, television, the printed page, or the internet. They touched the world of that day. It was because of that baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire that you and I need today. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our preaching. We need the Holy Spirit in our singing and in our teaching and everything that we do. We've got to have it. Don't we're going to wind up dead and closing our doors. And if you don't believe what I'm telling you, read what I've just read to you today. He said, if these things is lacking... It's the reason for your barrenness and your unfruitfulness, and it's the reason why you're failing. If, if any of these things that I'm talking about goes lacking, there's going to be barrenness and failure. All right. He said, add to the virtue knowledge, which means you need to put yourself in an environment that is conducive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. I heard something, a man gave some statistics. He said 50% of those that graduate high school and go into a secular college, after four years of secular college, when they come out on the other side, 50% of those that claim Christianity have renounced their faith. As a child of God, you need to be careful where you go to school. You need to be careful what church you attend. You need to be careful with what you're listening to. If there's a preacher that never opens his Bible and never preaches to you from the Bible and in some way lead what he is telling you back to the cross of Christ, you need to get up and leave. 
You need to run. And if a preacher comes up to you and says, I've got a revelation from God, but you won't find it in the Bible, friend, you need to get up and run just as fast as you can. Knowledge. Salvation. Faith in the finished work of Christ. Add to that the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. Add to that placing yourself in an environment that is conducive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. If you've got these three elements, then you can add to that temperance. Because without those other three, temperance is impossible. What is temperance? It's moderation. Living a life of moderation. Being able to back away from the eating table. Overindulging in certain things. Dana told me yesterday, she said, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to start getting in shape. Don't you believe in getting in shape, Brother James? Yes. I'm in a round shape right now. I mean, look at me. My waist is getting about as big as my height. After a while, it's going to be impossible for me to fall down. I said, no, honey, you go on. I got some other things to do. Well, don't you believe in working out, James? Yes, I do. Working them chips out of that bag and baptizing them in that salsa. Well, James, don't you believe in fitness? Yes, I sure do. I got a problem with fitness. Fitting this cream puff in my mouth. Am I hitting anybody in here today? Moderation. Temperance. Now I'm going to deal on the thing you've been waiting for since last week. Patience. Let me give you the definition. It is the level of endurance one can have under difficult circumstances before getting negative. Hmm. Let me read you this definition. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, suffering without getting angry or upset. Let me read you this definition. The ability or willingness to bear an annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint, loss of temper, irritation, or the like. With those definitions, how many of you need patience? I'm chief knucklehead number one. Let me say it again. I want to make it clear. Without faith in the finished work of Christ, the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire, and you putting yourself in an environment conducive to the moving of the Holy Spirit, there will not be an increase of patience in your life. And let me also say this. God is not sitting up in heaven with a five-gallon bucket of patience ready to hand it to you. If you ask God for patience, He's going to put you in an unbearable situation to where you're going to have to use what little bit of patience you got. And you're going to have to lean upon Him and the power of the Spirit to help you endure under those difficult circumstances. That's how your patience increases. See?
But if you ain't got those three up front as the foundation, you can forget about the temperance, you can forget about the patience. Next, he said, add godliness. There's no greater compliment that a person can pay a Christian than to say they're a godly person. Godliness is the very essence of Christianity. This whole Bible is a book on godliness and holiness. And Peter says, as the day of the Lord approaches, third chapter, Second Peter, as the coming of the day of the Lord approaches, what manner of people ought we to be in godliness? Godliness, holiness, being God-like, being Christ-like, that is not something that pertains to a particular denomination. It is not an attribute of people of a bygone era. It is not something for certain super-Christians of today. But godliness is a duty of every single one of us that are sitting in this room today and every one of you listening to me by radio today. If you call yourself a child of God, a Christian, then godliness ought to be an attribute in your life. And again... There can be no godliness unless your faith is right and the power of the Spirit is there and you're putting yourself in an environment for the Holy Spirit to work. Next, brotherly kindness and charity. Verse 7. Brotherly kindness and charity comes from a Greek word, Philadelphia. A city of brotherly love. It means kindness or friendship. Could it be that's how this church got its name? We had someone to visit here not too long ago. And they said, Preacher, I don't know who named your church. But they named your church spot on. They're the friendliest bunch of people we've ever had to be into and I commend friendship church for that but brotherly kindness and love is not just something that takes place on occasion but it's but it is something that we should show to each other on a daily basis and even to your enemies See, there's some people that you would really love to see get hit by a Mack truck. Now, don't y'all look at me all holy. Somebody said there ain't many problems in this world that a funeral can't solve. Now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Y'all look at me all holy like a preacher done gone crazy. Now, I'm just telling you the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. This world would be better off without some people. I'm going to go another step further. Some churches would be better off without some people. You got to love everybody. Well, Brother James, you just don't know what they've done to me now. They, they stuck me with about $5,000 worth, and I'm having, yeah, you're the one that's having the problem. 
Yeah, they may have a problem, but you're letting their problem be your problem because you're getting unforgiveness in your heart and you're not loving them like you ought to. You got to love everybody. Jesus said, love your enemies. Love those that persecute you and hate you and say all kinds of things against you. Now, does anybody need any help with brotherly kindness and charity, love? Mm. I'm seeing some hands come up now. All right. And I've already dealt with this and I've run out of time. But Peter said, verse 8, If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you're neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He also said, if you're lacking these things, then you're blind and you cannot see afar off. Jesus, when he closed out his message to the seven churches, speaking to the church at Laodicea, he gave a true report, a true witness of their spiritual condition, and he said, you are poor, miserable, blind, and naked. And that's the condition that the church is in today. Peter closed it out and said this, verse 10, Brethren, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. And that's growing in grace and knowledge. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.